The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Actually, we're going to stick with the issue of cost because the medical and health journalist June Shannon, as after writing a piece in the Irish Times, you probably saw it today, some of you, saying goodbye to Dublin and hello to Limerick. June is with me now. June, why are you upping sticks and getting out of the capital? Hi, Kieran. How are you? Good. Um, I'm I'm upping sticks and getting out of the capital because I can't do Dublin anymore. It's too expensive. I've given it a good old whack. I've been um, here for a long time, but uh, as I've gotten older, I realised that I'll never be able to afford to buy a house um, in Dublin. And um, I won't be able to rent when I'm retired. So lots of reasons. The main reason, I suppose, would be for security in my older age, really, and uh, security for the family. So so when you say the family, does it, let's get this into context for people. Hmm. Well, what, what's the family situation? Who's moving? Okay, so it's myself, my husband and my seven-year-old daughter. Uh, we also have two cats and a dog who are very important members of the family. And... Um, we are, we're all moving. I've been offered a brilliant new, new job in, in Limerick. Um, my husband, thankfully, can work remotely full-time from uh, where we're going to. So we're all made, decided to make the move and all relocate to Limerick. And was this the decision? I mean, was it a, kind of a slow burn thing or was there one incident that prompted it? It was a slow burn for a long while, to be honest with you. There was a, you know, a couple of things that particularly when COVID hit, we realized that you could work from anywhere, which is amazing. But now we're actually going down a person. But my husband can work remotely. Um, in general, looking around the cost of everything. So our childcare costs were one thing, crash fees when our daughter was younger. And um, I thought that after crash, that after school came as well, which is, again, more expense. Um, and then with the cost of living where, you know, we, we went through, I knew that the years would be hard when they're very small but I thought when they got kids got bigger you got a bit of a break but it, the break wasn't happening mm. you know we were pinned pin of our collar every single month and it was just time to do something about it because it wasn't going to change unless we did and so I know it coming to, to help us buy you know. Yeah, because you and I have spoken on the show before about <laughs> about that you know about your, your, your journey with IVF and the amount of money that you spent on it and how that kind of ate all your resources really that a lot of people would have spent on, on, on buying a home um, and I mean w- w- was there a time was there a kind of an age that you reached that that, that suddenly you, you were unable to kind of long finger the reality of, of being unable to buy anymore because you know there's probably a lot of people in that situation but it's still a few years down the road so they just they kind of turn a blind eye to it Yes exactly I think I suppose I'm, I'm 51 now and I have always thought that, uh, you know, we would eventually buy in Dublin. That was the aim, buy our own home. And, you know, people might say, oh, God, why, why do you have to buy? But actually you do, because there's no there's no security for renters in Ireland at all. Um, you know, you're at the whim of a landlord. Yeah, you get notice, et cetera, but you've no security of tenure, really. Um, so we had to buy. Um, and... You know, when, yeah, as you said, when we were, uh, when my peers were buying houses and putting deposits, et cetera, we were spending all our money on IVF because there is no public funding for IVF in Ireland. Um, that was just us. Everyone's mm. got their story. You know, life is messy. But, um, so yeah, when it came to us, we just said, like, we will never buy. Uh, we'll never buy for the, at our age, as you get older as well, obviously, the mortgage, lifetime of the mortgage to pay it back shortens. So you can get a smaller mortgage. 
Um, I looked to get a deposit together, looked to rang a bank about getting a mortgage, getting applied for a mortgage. And I was told on the phone that, you know, we would be okay to get a mortgage if we didn't have childcare. Our childcare costs, our after school costs wow. were an outgoing that they couldn't, they said no, like if you, so and I was like, okay, have I said in the article, you can't, you know, tie a child up outside the school gates till half five. You know, what do you do? Yeah. Like, it's, it's just kind of, what do you do when you are like loads of people? I'm in, I'm in not in a unique situation at all, but there's so many people at the moment who are paying rent, paying childcare, paying food, doing all this stuff and they can't save for a deposit because, because there's nothing left. Genuinely nothing yeah. left. And, and there's no support from government. And, and to what extent, June, have you felt the problems compounded over the last 12 months with the cost of it? Like, we're, we're kind of joking about the cost of sandwiches, uh, yeah. you know, but it, it's easy to joke about them. I mean, in reality, the government can't run, they can run ad campaigns in, you know, throw on an extra jumper and turn down the heating. They can't run an ad campaign asking people to eat less food. So, I mean, to what extent has, have, have you felt that pinch as no, well? We're, no, we're lucky. We haven't felt that. You know, we're genuinely so lucky. You know, we have, uh, we're lucky we can put food on the table, you know, and we we can heat the house. And I know there are so many people who are struggling with that. You know, so from that position, we're okay. I mean, obviously, I've noticed the food bills going up every every couple of weeks, like everyone else. It's just like there's nothing left at all. Like, there might have been a few bob left at the end of the month, but now there's literally nothing there. Mm. So it's, it might sound silly to people, but, you know, if a... A notice comes in about a, I don't know, music lessons or dance lessons. If it doesn't come in at the start of the month, forget it. Or you know, and it's, yeah, and people might think, oh, sure, you know, that's really small, but it's quality of life stuff, you know. Well, listen, Roisin Cullen is with us as well, June. Uh, she is a freelance reporter and she moved from Dublin a little further afield than Limerick. She moved to Vancouver. Uh, Roisin, you're welcome to the show. I mean. Are you kind of nodding your head there, listening to June? Does all of this have kind of echoes of your own experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just even the thing June was kind of saying there completely is the same as us. We're just seeing at a different level. Like I'm 22 years of age and I feel like me and all of my friends have a completely different mindset to our parents kind of generation in that I feel I've known for a long time that I'm never going to own a house um, it's never been on the radar at all. Um, and I guess I made a decision then that I might as well travel for a little bit and then go back to Dublin and rent a box room somewhere, you know, kind of way, because I don't see that changing anytime soon at all. And I mean, amongst your peer group as well, like, I mean, is there a kind of an active effort to get out of Dublin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like at the moment and for a few years now, Dublin has just been like a waiting room. It's like you're sitting in Dublin airport and even like friends of ours who haven't moved to Canada or to Australia or, you know, even places in Europe. Um, they're just kind of texting us being like, we'll be over in June. We'll be over next September. Have a look around for houses. And I just feel like, you know, the big question for everyone at the moment is, will I go to Canada or will I go to Australia? It's not even a possibility that, oh, I'll save up and I might get a deposit for a house or, you know, um, and I think a big issue with that is when you're dealing, when you're renting all the time, like June said, you're dealing with landlords and you're dealing with mold, you're dealing like we we dealt with mice, we, you know, really like 
you know, you're really just worried all the time and you're kind of having to just, yeah, really like you're texting your landlord being like the roof is going to fall in, you know, kind of way. And I feel like that's just not a problem here. And it's very hard to think about going back to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one thing to be paying through the nose, but at least if you were getting luxury for it, you could rationalise it to some degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's fungus on the walls, it's harder to justify two grand a month. Yeah, yeah. And like June said as well, like we kind of are in a privileged situation that we can think, you know, I'll move down the country or I'll move further afield, I'll move abroad. But there's lots of people in Dublin who don't have that luxury at all, you know, kind of way. And it's just not a possibility. And as well as the housing crisis, you've a lot of other issues, particularly for young people, like transport. The minute I arrived in Vancouver, I got a sky train from the airport, you know, and that's just not a possibility in, in Dublin. Um, you know, you were even not able to get taxis um, home after going to the club, like for the last year, mm. you know, in Dublin. And as well as that, like the nightlife, it all ends at 2am, you know, kind of way. There's so many little kind of things like buying that bun, you know, that costs so much like in city centre or even just trying to get a coffee, you know, after 4pm in Dublin isn't really possible. And it just just doesn't seem like, a city that wants to keep its young people anymore at all, you know, can wait, which is a real shame because I like I love Dublin and, you know, it's always been in my plan to move back. Like it has so much character and I do feel like I probably romanticize it maybe to mm. some extent. But, you know, it's kind of hard when things are easier elsewhere to kind of think, yeah, I'm going to go home and I'm going to be renting again and I'm going to be faced yeah. with those same problems because they're not going anywhere. Well, listen, I think we probably need to accept the reality that all capital cities are going to be that bit more expensive than surrounding areas wherever you go uh, in the world. And Dublin's never going to be an exception to that. At the same time, if people with on the what well, on paper is a decent job cannot afford to even put a roof over their own heads or have long term plans in terms of financial security, there is something fundamentally wrong uh, and the social contract, I think, fundamentally broken. Anyway, June, uh, it's always a pleasure. And thanks a million for speaking to us, Rose. You too. June Shannon is a medical and health journalist, and Roisin Cullen is a freelance reporter. And you can read June's piece in the Irish Times. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.